happy Monday. Welcome back to the Digital Dive, a conversation about technology. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline, and this week I'm actually your only host. I kind of want to explain a little bit what's going on with Darsh and myself and the posting schedule because we're about to get back on track here. But before we do that, just to set the stage, this episode is going to be about the brand new MacBook Pro. And then we're also going to be talking about the new Pixel Fold. I talked to John Prosser, who's kind of like the leak legend, and he told me a lot of insight about it. That's going to be a full video on the YouTube channel, but for podcast listeners, this is a little bit of a preview. I'm recording this on Sunday, January 29th at 9.47 p.m., and I'm about to leave to go to San Francisco. So this is a little bit of a last-minute recording episode. We thought it'd be cool to do like an unedited one, so that's the deal. Let me know how you think I've done on Twitter. Um, There'll probably be some light edits, but it's mainly going to be unedited, but still to the same quality. Okay, we're gonna roll the intro, and then we'll hop right in. So just to explain the podcasting schedule, basically Darsh just got a new job, which is absolutely incredible. And I don't know how much he's going to share about it on the podcast. Um, hopefully we'll hear some insight and interesting things about it because it is fascinating. And Darsh and I talk about it all the time, obviously off the podcast. And then at the same time, I've committed to a every other week posting schedule on YouTube, which has been great. And so because of that and traveling a little bit and just some other things going on in our lives, the posting has been a little bit less frequent, but we're hoping to get back to actually every Monday within the next month, which I'm super excited about. And we'll keep you guys posted about that on the podcast, obviously. But for this week's episode, I thought it'd be cool to talk about the MacBook Pro because I did get the new MacBook Pro for a video. I did a day in the life review, which I'll actually circle back to that point a little bit later and kind of give you guys my thought process on the day in life reviews in case you're interested. If you're not, feel free to skip that section of the podcast. But MacBook Pro this year, it's the new M2 processor. You have the M2 Pro and the M2 Max. And what's really interesting is that last year's design with the M1 was really the big year where we got like the major design overhaul, new touch ID, new keyboard. They got rid of the touch bar. The display has the notch which means that we now have a 14 inch which is kind of like the perfect I feel like middle ground like when I was using this 14 inch computer I was like I want this in my life because I currently edit on a 16 inch computer that's actually Intel and the 14 inch basically I put it through a day of doing a bunch of different tasks from trying to learn how to code to emails to multitasking to actually setting up the computer to then editing the entire video that I posted about it on the computer which was super fun actually it performed so well like almost I would say as well as my 16 inch computer it's obviously not an apples to apples comparison because I didn't edit the same video on both but just in terms of my standard editing practice, they were pretty similar. And what's cool about that is that the 14 inch computer is the baseline version under $2,000. My MacBook Pro, when I bought it, was like $4,000 because it was completely specced up. So it just really speaks to how good Apple Silicon is, like wildly impressive. And I think it also speaks to technology innovating really quickly. So that was impressive to me. In terms of the editing, how it went to give you a little behind the scenes, when I edit, I mainly use a couple key Final Cut Pro plugins from a company called, I think, Motion VFX. And then their actual program is like M Installer, Motion, M Rig, et cetera. And basically they're like these templates that are made for Final Cut that then you can add on top of. So they have like Motion Mocha tracking. So like basically it cuts down the time that it would take to track text or an image to a part of the video. Or also like zoom in features. So one of the things that I try to do when I'm editing a video is constantly have something going on to just like make the video as interesting as possible, kind of editing for the platform, but I never want to edit in a way where it feels like overstimulating. There are definitely certain channels that I've watched where I'm like, 
oh my gosh, what is going on right now? Why does this feel like the worst experience where I'm going to throw up? And my goal is to never be that, but I still want to be engaging because I feel like the expectation on YouTube is different than like if you're watching a Netflix show, you would give it more time. Although I will say Euphoria, which is actually an HBO Max show, feels very edited like a YouTube video. Like there are so many quick cuts. The first two minutes of every episode in the first season is like, I feel like a masterclass in storytelling, but it also really fast paced. Like it feels like they learned a lot from YouTube, but just like a disclaimer on that, that show is definitely very X-rated. So keep that in mind if you do check it out, but I definitely have watched it for like storytelling frame inspo because that show went viral obviously and I think a lot of it is in how they frame like the stories but to get back to Final Cut Pro on the MacBook Pro um, 14 inch because I didn't have any of those plugins I went and I downloaded all of them but that added a little bit of time and then additionally I also often keep like the full project library for every past video so I can quickly go in and get like the music and the sound effects that I've done because that just saves a lot of time and sometimes when I'm editing a video on like a very short time frame I'm like I know that this song worked like 10 videos ago and I think if I bring it back because there's been like at least 10 weeks in between the content, it won't be noticeable. But mainly I do try to soundtrack every video by itself. But sometimes if there's like an absolute banger song, then I will use it. So that definitely was a little bit of a limitation. That said, because I do also back up some of the libraries to like an external drive, then I could just plug in that drive to the 14 inch MacBook Pro. In this particular use case though, I used the G drives and they just did not show up on the 14 inch MacBook Pro. So I don't have an answer to why that happened. If I figure it out, I will do a little podcast update, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I was genuinely so impressed. I also tried to learn how to code in this video and I felt so intellectually stimulated making that video because of that. And it really taught me that like we can do anything that we set our minds to. Like I truly believe in like growth mindset and putting in the work over a long period of time always pays off. And with coding, the way Apple has it set up in Swift Playground, it's so visual that like you can see directly what actions when you're writing on the keyboard translate to what output so basically like you could be like move forward command and then you can actually see a character move forward it's done in like a very like dopamine video game fulfilling way where they give you like little wins to keep you going and that was super fun so if you want to check out the video i'll link it in the show notes and on that note i'm actually and i don't know if you guys want to hear about this so let me know on twitter at digital dive pod if you want like a couple minutes in the next episode talking about this but for mbt i think one of the things that i always think about and that taylor swift has talked about a lot is that you're constantly having to change as an artist where you still at the core provide the familiar comfortable things familiarity wrapped in novelty is really my like mantra for it um and i definitely did not make that up just saying but that's like the thing that i kind of internalized and so i think with youtube i've been on the platform for like seven years now and there's been so many different eras of content there's like the initial og stage and there was like kind of getting my footwork but really like copying a lot of other creators because i didn't know my own style yet and kind of finding my own style and i just feel like there's multiple evolutions and seasons on the channel and if you go back you can kind of see all that and i feel like this next season is a season based in authenticity and in connection and in being like the tech friend because my core idea is that when people watch a tech video or like my tech video, a lot of it is like us hanging out because we both love technology. And so I think if that's the thesis, then making videos where like I'm exploring with the product is more interesting than being in studio in presenter mode because a lot of people can do presenter mode, but like exploring and having a day together, I think is pretty unique and really fun for me. So that's kind of the direction that I'm going with the content. I'm so excited with it. I honestly think that this is going to be really innovative in the niche. And I think it's going to be a big thing that we look back on a couple years from now as like a turning point. That is 
is where all my conviction is at. Obviously, a lot of it depends on your supporting it, but I feel really passionate about it. So I hope that you guys like it. Open to any and all feedback. And on that note, another part of the content strategy is talking to exceptional creators and people in the tech industry about technology. And so last week, I recorded an episode with John Prosser, and we've had him on the podcast before. I know a lot of you guys love that episode. And we talked a lot about Pixel Fold because the Google Pixel Fold is rumored to be coming out this year. He actually has reported it could launch in May of 2023 with the Pixel tablet. And Google normally holds a developer conference in May, like Google I.O. So it seems likely that that could happen. I was actually at Google I.O. last year. Hopefully I would be there again this year. That would be sick. And the Pixel Fold, the main things that we know about it is that it's going to be a different foldable than like the Samsung in terms of fold uh, form factor. Like Samsung's phone is very narrow. The Pixel Fold could be a little bit wider in terms of the aspect ratio of the main display. And then in terms of pricing, it could be priced pretty similarly to the most expensive foldables that we've seen, which would be like $17.99. And that would obviously be a lot more expensive than the Pixel 7. But I think that it's trying to hit an entirely different market than the Pixel 7. And one of the things that John Prosser was talking about is how he thinks that foldables are just like the stepping stone. Like this is not like where technology ends, but instead it's like kind of maybe the in-between step in between Pixel Fold and AR glasses. Like he was incredibly excited about VR, metaverse, AR, all of the things in a way that I haven't been. Like I've been super excited about AR and like maybe the ways that that can impact our life and like augmenting our reality to have more useful information on the screen. But one of the things that I'm like very fearful of is taking people out of the real world because I think like a lot of the stuff that makes us happy is obviously taking place in the real world. And so if we move into an environment where like we're not socializing at all, we're always staying home, that I don't think is going to be great. But John's take on it was like, we're already kind of immersed in a new world when we go on our phone. And so what's the difference? I'm not completely sold on either side, but I am an optimist at heart. And so I do think that there could be a lot of benefits that we get from this technology if it's used right. And if the people making it actually also factor in like human well-being and not just the bottom line. But I would love to hear the Digital Dive listeners thoughts on that. So please let us know on Twitter or in the ratings, because actually the only way that this show gets out to more people is by someone leaving a five-star rating or any star rating, just any interaction then like kind of tells the podcast platforms, hey, this is like a good show. So I've actually been seeing a lot of you guys are leaving ratings. I'm so grateful for that. So if you guys want to leave Darsh and I a rating, that would be incredible, but obviously no pressure. To get to the end of this episode, I want to talk about some stuff I like this week because this is a section of the podcast where we recommend books, mo- movies, like videos, songs, etc. that we like. And this week is kind of been a throwback week for me. I went on my um, Spotify and I listened to a lot of songs I listened to when I was much younger. So I'm just going to list off a couple of them. One of them was Love Song. Another one was Grenade. These are like the songs I used to love singing when I used to like do like singing and concerts and things like that. Break Even, The Man Who Can't Be Moved, Cherry is a more recent one by Harry Styles. Death of a Hero by Alec Benjamin is kind of a sad song, but incredible. And then another one is a playlist on Spotify called Taylor's the Songs, but she's in love. And I feel like that's so wholesome. And it's just like a collection of all of her like love songs where it kind of gives you like such a optimistic, romanticized, positive view of love. And I love listening to that. It makes me feel happy and optimistic. I feel like so much of our feelings can be like affected by music and movies. Like if it's doing a good job, it's then impacting you in that way. So those would be my recommendations for this week. We'll be back next week. I actually have the potential of interviewing someone really really cool i'm not sure if it's gonna happen yet but if it does you'll be the first to know on the podcast if not darsh and i will be back with a regular episode next week and if the interview does happen then we'll be back the following week together because i miss him so much we did talk for like two hours today just like life updates and doing podcast strategy for how we want to kind of grow this into an even bigger tech community because i do feel like one of the things that i loved so much when i was starting youtube was getting enthralled in this tech community because I never had that before. And I feel like everyone that listens to this podcast would be someone that Darsh and I vibe with. So it'd be so cool to get to interact more online. And yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much for all of your support. I hope you liked this episode. Please let me know what you thought of it on Twitter. And we will catch you next Monday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. All right, have an incredible day. Bye.